This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Eaton Vance High Yield ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find smart bond selection from a specialized team with deep fixed income expertise. Get to know what's inside EVHY, the symbol of high yield done right, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. At the moment, the trend is only going to get worse. So there's a really appalling trajectory for the costs of obesity, um, costing to the NHS and the wider society as well, but for something like £60 billion a year, a huge amount of money. And the trajectory is likely to get worse if action isn't taken. That was Catherine Jenner, Director of Obesity Health Alliance in Britain, an organisation that advocates for changes in policy to tackle obesity. Back in February, she warned about the growing cost of obesity on the economy and the health service. This crisis has, however, sparked a gold rush for pharmaceutical businesses around the world that are scrambling to come up with more effective treatments. This market, which analysts reckon could balloon to $100 billion in annual sales, is the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, the podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan, coming to you from London. Obesity is a hot new market for the world's drug makers. But this market has sprung out almost out of nowhere and added hundreds of billions of dollars to the value of top companies like Nova Nordisk. Here to talk to me about the big issue and the questions that are going around this market is Rob Sirin, our US pharmaceuticals guru. And I will be acting as part host, part interviewee as well. We're both going to have a big chat about this market. So, Rob, you are very welcome. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? Good, good. So, Rob, you and I have both been writing a lot about this topic, particularly lately, because there does seem to be a bit of a gold rush in this market. And Eli Lilly is coming in hot on the heels of of Nova Nordisk. But I just wondered, Rob, if you could maybe just like if we could just give our our listeners an idea of of this market. I said, why, why obesity drugs have become such a big kind of like cash cow for pharmaceutical companies or or the idea that they are? It's always been the holy grail for pharma companies. I mean, if you think back to the 1950s, they were selling amphetamines to, you know, people to try to lose weight. Um, The problem is whenever they've tried over the past, it just hasn't been very successful. I mean, either the drugs didn't work or they had um, some severe side effects, um, Older listeners may remember the FenFen that was like billions and billions of dollars of uh, lawsuits against these companies for selling diet drugs. But this class um, worked incredibly well. Um, and it would, the interesting thing is they were originally, um, these were uh, drugs developed for treatment of diabetes, but it turns out they also um, reduce appetite and the people taking them lose a lot of weight up to like 15% to 20% their weight in many cases. 
Um, so that's that's a big market. I mean, I've seen I've seen estimates. Wall, Wall Street estimates keep on rising. Um, but now um, for um, Eli Lilly's drug, Manjaro, um, the estimates are by 2030, it could be a 50 billion dollar a year drug in sales, which is, you know, like uh, over twice as big as uh, the biggest drug ever to date. And I think that's that's basically Wagovi, right? As in this is the, the interesting thing is, as you talk about, you know, but diabetes, it's the biggest insulin maker in the world. Nova Nordisk, a Danish drug maker um, that has really kind of led this charge. And, and I was kind of like quite astonished just looking at their share price really kind of over the past two years. I mean, it has it essentially doubled their share price. And, and I obviously they are selling other drugs as well and of other things in the pipeline. But it does seem to be very much so about this this obesity potential. And I think that that's sort of an interesting question, Rob, just just about, you know, because there seems to be such like varying ideas of how big this market could possibly be. I've seen estimates that by 2030, the market could be like $150 billion. But what do you think is, what do you think maybe are some of the challenges facing this market? Because you have to obviously convince, in, in America, you have to convince health providers to, to cover that, the insurance companies to cover it. And in countries like the UK, where I am, you have to get the, the you know the NHS, which is like the public sector, to to spend what little money they have on an obesity drug. Yeah, there's definitely the problem of reimbursement. Um, insurers um, haven't been willing to pay for the the, the use of these drugs, or, or few have been um, for obesity so far. Um, that's because originally these drugs were approved for um, diabetes, and the idea of using them for obesity, you know. Um, it hasn't been indicated, uh, at least not for um, Eli Lilly's drug. It has been for um, Nova Nordisk. But they're waiting for that. Um, and then there's the question, you know, like, like, who gets to qualify? Obviously, if you're obese, um, it's um, a big health risk. It causes all sorts of other problems like, you know, cardiovascular disease. It, uh, it, it's a risk factor for Alzheimer's. It's a risk factor for a lot of diseases. So, they will pay for that. Whether they'll pay for, you know, someone who just wants to lose 10, 20 pounds, that's an entirely different question. Um, the other the other things are, you know, like um, there are a lot of these drugs being developed. Um, only a few are, devel- are in, you know, close to market right now. But obviously the bigger the market, the more companies want to develop these. And that will lead to um, price competition. And so the market, you know, okay, it may be used by a lot of people. I mean, you know, if you walk down the street in America, there are a lot of people that probably would be interested in it. Um, but if there are a lot of pharma companies also chasing that, that'll push down prices. Um, there'll be competition. And so the market may may be smaller than people expect. Um, at Right now, we're at the point where every analyst is fighting each other to be more and more optimistic. Um, so there may be a bit of euphoria going on here. Yes. And I mean, if you think about even like the, the way these companies, like the, the forecast for them in terms of revenue, what analysts are expecting, and even just the margins that these companies are delivering. I mean, you know, as I mentioned, Nova Nordisk, it's almost like a 50% EBITDA margin. And, and, and as you, you know, you obviously have to keep, you have to keep market share, you have to keep growing, uh, and you have to keep prices up, which, um, as you mentioned, but these aren't the only companies, right? Nova Nordisk and Eli Lilly that are trying to get into this market. It seems seems like a lot of other companies are a lot of the other drug makers are really trying to to push in here and do you think that that is being sort of priced into the market at all that that you actually would have a lot of these companies vying for for the same market share 
Um, I don't think it is yet. I mean, if you think about it, um, a big drug, you know, what they call blockbuster is one that sells, you know, basically over a billion dollars a year. If the market is a hundred billion dollars a year market, um, even if you get 1%, that's a blockbuster drug. So that's a huge incentive for every pharma company to chase this market. Um, you know, there will be time, there will be, um, a time frame. Like if you're, if you're starting now, obviously you're probably, you're going to be really late. Um, so the early ones will make more profit, but just the valuations being built into these companies is, are pretty astonishing. Like if you look at Eli Lilly, um, their price to sales multiple is about twice as high as any other, you know, most other pharma companies, which, you know, implies both that they're going to grow quite a bit and they're going to, you know, that's very valuable to shareholders, but that's baking in a, a ton of very lofty, uh, you know, assumptions, which could go wrong in multiple different ways. And I mean, one thing as well that I think is sort of interesting, you mentioned the the sort of early iterations of these obesity drugs, that there were side effects. I mean, there are side effects with these drugs, right? There's nausea and diarrhea and, and all sorts of uh, things that people have to sort of tolerate with these drugs. And, you know, even the best ones seem to reduce weight by 20%, which is obviously staggering. But in a lot of cases, that would still leave the person obese. So that would, again, that is sort of a factor to sort of think about, again, when you're spending this this money that you could be spending on cancer drugs. And and I suppose a, a question maybe lots of people would have is, is the idea of diet and exercise, is that sort of, is that sort of, this is the nail in that coffin? Is that right? Like the, as in these obesity drugs, the way this market is moving. It's, it's really hard to say how people react. It could be, um, I can see, you know, perhaps someone's obese and they lose 20% and then suddenly, hey, you know, they're, they're incentivized. They, they start exercising. It's a lot easier to exercise because you've lost the weight. You feel better and it kind of, it's a virtuous cycle. Or you could have, you know, people who say, okay, well, I've, I've lost my weight. I don't need to worry about anything anymore. So I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, play video games. It, it's people are complex. So it's probably a mixture of both. So it's hard to say, you know, what this is going to have, but you're right. It is a huge expense. Um, and that's money that, you know, uh, especially in most countries, it's, you know, um, the government paying for it. Um, so it's, it's hard to, you know, will that take, that takes away money from other causes. Um, that, that said, it's probably, um, you know, to, to use a little nuance here, it's probably still a good thing because obesity is such a huge, huge medical issue um, in developed countries and increasingly in developing countries. You know, like I said, it causes a lot of, of bad health outcomes. And then when you were talking about um, side effects, you know, these are these are still, you know, newish drugs, especially, you know, and, and when you start using drugs widely, you discover new things like one side effect now um that came up is apparently people um, may lose hair um, if you take these drugs. So, you know, you, you basically speed up balding, <laughs> um, you know, how it, it, it seems like a my it seems like only in a few people so far, but, you know, this is the type of odd thing which could, you know, eat into the use of the, of the, these drugs in kind of, you know, borderline cases where people want to lose just a bit of weight, you know, they aren't obese, but they want to lose a bit of weight. You know, that, that calculus may change when you think, well, I can lose a few pounds, but maybe I go bald. <laughs> and then, there, you know, like, obviously more serious questions, you know, if, if it causes some sort of problem with like loss of muscle mass or, you know, causes some health effects. 
um, that would be far worse. So far, these drugs look incredibly benign, though. And I suppose this is it. I mean, that's the interesting thing, I guess, about this market is that it doesn't look like much apart from sort of euphoric sales are priced in. So I suppose there is room for for disappointment on on those levels. But but again, maybe maybe this market is, you know, you know, exactly as it looks like. Maybe this is what people need. And on obesity levels, let's face it, you know, the, the forecasts for you know, how many people are going to be obese around the world. I mean, it's it's affecting every single market. So, I mean, I, you can understand why why the drug makers are certainly going after it the way they are. I mean, we're, we're journalists, so we're skeptical. Um, but, you know, also, if you came, you know, if you came from 30 years ago and you saw the population, how, you know, obesity has just grown and grown, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, we need these drugs right away. As it is, we've kind of become a nerd and we're kind of like, oh, that's kind of normal almost. And and so we kind of think, oh, well, these drugs are here. You know, let's look at the side effects and stuff. And so, yeah, given their side effect profile, I, these are going to be huge, huge, huge sellers. Um, the question is, you know, is the market um, expecting even too much, even with that? Absolutely. Well, Rob, thank you so much for that. Um, always good to talk to you. And as I say, this market is growing uh, faster than we can probably keep up with. So um, plenty more to chat about in the future. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Kastich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Apple Podcasts, Megaphone, or wherever you like to listen. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.